this is Osatru Academics here. Osatru is the belief in the Norse gods. It's the native Norse religion. Think Vikings, Thor, Odin, etc. The etc is what I talk about. This is the second part on my two-part on white supremacy. The first part focused on heathenry in general, and this is the history even behind that. The history behind the history. The history's history. Because history builds on itself, and we have to go way back to find out the root of the root. I'm proud to talk to you today about pride. We are all familiar with the word, but are we using it correctly? It's defined as a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. Also, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated. So let's talk about when you pair a race as an adjective in front of that, such as white pride. So what exactly did you do to become white? How did you achieve whiteness? What exactly did you do to become white? Since no one picks their biological family and thus not their race, this use of the word pride is nonsense. Unless you found a way to pick the race that you'll be born at, which in that case, you should be proud of that supernatural achievement and notify the scientific community ASAP. You'll probably get like a building named after you or something. So if we're looking at white pride with pride's second definition, then it means the deep pleasure or satisfaction of those with whom one is closely associated, aka other white people. So you are proud of what white people have done. Since there are no other adjectives to limit the scope of what white people exactly you're proud of, like white nurse pride or white woman pride, it's safe to assume you're including any and all white people from all time periods. There's a problem with that. A big one. You see it? You could think of five people right now, your same race, that you are absolutely not proud of and hate their actions. Go ahead. I'll give you a few seconds. Think of them. Now, do you want to be associated with them? That's in the very definition of pride. Wait, what? You're claiming association by race. No one could possibly be proud of all people of any race simply because they were born that race. To claim a whole race's actions based solely on their race is silliness. There are good and terrible people in every race. Loving your people's culture is a great thing. It's a form of self-love. It is a healthy, great thing to develop. Celebrate the good of the people you share close DNA with. But don't ignore the bad because every single race has done terrible things in history. You can't say the good outweigh the bad because it just happens to be your race. Bad is bad. Good is good. Race aside. White pride pretends to be self-love when it's actually sowing guilt and attacks your self-esteem. It sounds contradictory? That's done on purpose. If you wrap your identity into something you had no part in like your race, you're on shaky ground. Self-esteem is built from accomplishments. If you remove accomplishments to be proud of, you have lower self-esteem overall. We know from psychology that the lower your self-esteem, the more fearful you are. Uh-oh. You can be more easily manipulated and wronged. Uh-oh. You'll be unnecessarily forgiving. Uh-oh. You base your decisions on fear rather than self-love. Uh-oh. If you pride yourself on something outside of your abilities like race, you're assigning self-worth to something outside of your control. 
That is a slippery slope you don't want to go down. If you claim to be associated with all the good and all the bad of an extremely large group of people, then you either have to ignore the terrible deeds or accept the shame of them. Those with white pride don't acknowledge the misdeeds of their race, though. This causes a disconnect from reality. No, God, please, no, no, no. The reality is all races have done some very messed up things. To try and ignore those bad things or explain them away alters your reality. Why is it important to note that white pride ironically plants seeds of guilt and shame? It's purposeful and it's pinpointed to be guilt by the most powerful organization in all history. Guilt is a favorite emotion of Christianity. That's because white pride is a gateway to radical, toxic Christianization. White pride is a Christian life perpetuated to enforce subjugation of not just all other races, but white people as well. Before you turn this off for being offended, let's look at the trail of evidence, shall we, and see if you come to the same conclusion. Let's talk about the Catholic conquest machine. Emperor Constantine converted to Christianity in 312 current era. This stopped the persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire. That's a win. Religious persecution's bad because it's bad. Bad is bad, period. He commissioned an official painting of Jesus. Despite being against the customs where Jesus was supposedly from, Jesus appeared in the painting wearing a toga, having long hair, a Roman nose, and a beard. Just like a proper Roman. It seems that just as Constantine converted, Jesus miraculously converted to being Roman at the same time. A miracle. Another miracle happened too. Jesus developed a halo and was suddenly the first full-blooded Jewish man to spontaneously become white. Wait, what? From the third century until that point, he was painted as a Middle Eastern man because he was supposed to be a Middle Eastern man. Thankfully, Constantine fixed all that logical stuff and made a picture of him as a white Roman to send out to all his churches. It's not abnormal to try to personalize something personal like a deity. The Vikings even did it. Each area where Christian oppression would spread, they tended to make their own race of Jesus in their depictions. That's normal. However, the Catholic Church lusted for more and more power. Missionaries were a powerful tool for white supremacist propaganda. They would bring depictions of the white Messiah with them to teach new converts. They would establish painting schools in the areas that taught new converts to paint the European Jesus. This became such a widespread practice around the globe that it's even seen in the 1590 artwork in a church in Japan of a European Mary and Jesus in Japan. Think of Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper and the Sistine Chapel. Does Jesus look like he could be confused as an Israeli? He's a white dude. Jesus became more and more Caucasian with time until he even has blue eyes. Something else to think about. The view of Christians for centuries was that it was morally fine to take land and liberty from those who were not Christian. It happened on every single continent where humans lived. Indigenous people everywhere they went were lesser than them. Yup, even the Vikings. The worst Christian was better than any pagan they came upon. Caste systems based on religious and race supremacy were created anywhere Christian colonists claimed. 
This occurred at every single colony that Christianity had a part in. This happened in Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, and the Americas. As time went on, they were even more emboldened, and in the 16th century, they had blood purity laws. These laws prevented Jewish people from holding public office. Archbishops were forced to resign when their Jewish heritage was discovered. Pope John XXIII finally spoke out about the church hating Jewish people during the Second World War. I think we can all kind of figure out why. The remnants of this still exist. We saw the legal remnants of that thinking up until 1968 with Jim Crow laws. And the apartheid in 1990s. Religious history lesson, because it's very related. Do you know which of the tiny handfuls of religions weren't banned in Nazi Germany? And which was the most popular by far? Christianity. Why would a group of Jewish-hating radicals allow a religion worshipping a Jewish man? The foreign religion that worships a Jewish man was not just allowed but promoted in Nazi Germany, with most of the population being Christian. So why would Nazi Germany promote worshipping a Jewish man? For one, Nazi Germany believed Jesus to be Nordic. More on that in a second. And two... White supremacy is Christian. Let that bitter truth sink in. Wow. How does that make any logical sense? It doesn't. It's illogical because we're working with fascism. It doesn't need to be coherent and logical if it is a fascist religion. Logic harms fascism even. Before you go, oh my God, you're one of those Antifa people from the newses. No. I might love wearing the color black, but that's just because it's my favorite color and it goes with everything. Covers up all the cat hair. It's not some statement. I'm lazy. So let's talk quickly about fascism. It's defined as a political philosophy, movement, or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of opposition. What does that mean in normal English? (laughs) It means that the head of the group rules everything absolutely, and that people are willing to sacrifice anything and everything to serve the head. That's Christianity for you. The system of government laid out in the Bible even is fascist. From the beginning, king is to the very end apocalypse by a displeased dictator. The relationship between Jesus and humans outlined in the Bible is a fascist system. Jesus is called the, quote, head of them and, quote, king of kings, etc. He's the supreme leader. Long live the supreme leader. Christians are expected to gladly volunteer in self-deprivation, regardless of how unnatural or illogical their request may be. Because ancient Jesus can't talk to people far in the future, he, quote, needs a human mouthpiece. My master, Sauron the Great, bids thee welcome. That person becomes as powerful as the idea of Jesus himself. Their commands are absolute because they're seen as speaking directly from Jesus himself. The popes were viewed as this mouth of Jesus. The Catholic Church was more powerful than kings. While a king could only torture and kill your body, a priest, much less the pope, 
could condemn your soul to torture forever. Forever! After you were tortured and killed. Forever? So you can see how the Nazi party had no issue with a religion that promoted fascism, especially under a white Jesus. Does that make more sense now? You may be saying, but lady, you're totally wrong. Way wrong. I'm not Christian in the slightest. I'm heathen slash pagan, not Christian. I just have my white pride. I have pride in my people. My response to you saying that is, number one, I can't hear you. You can only hear me. And number two, are they a minority religion or is yours? Do they have multi-million dollar properties all over or does your religion? Your people were subjugated long ago. Are you proud of the white Christians who tortured, mutilated, and slaughtered hundreds of thousands of pagans like yourself? Are you proud they desecrated sacred sites to the Norse gods? Are you proud they executed the death penalty on those accused of worshiping the gods or having pagan symbols? Are you proud they eradicated the meanings of tons of your people's symbols like Irmasul? You can't be both proud of your gods and proud of the actions of all white people. White people fought against each other to preserve and to destroy the heathen beliefs. You can't be proud of both sides. White pride is flawed. White pride tells you that race loyalty is more important over the culture, practices, and the people that they took from your actual people. They destroyed the land, the culture, the freedom, and the lives of your great, 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 etc. grandparents. They are asking you to choose loyalty to an arbitrary thing like race over other personal loyalties like religion and actual related people. They couldn't remove your race, but dang did they try their hardest to remove any trace of the old ways, like they did to every other area. It's a tool in the playbook of their oppression machine. You shouldn't be proud of that or them. The current Christian denominations even condemn their own history, despite still profiting from it. Buying into one of the gateway lies also causes you to try to subjugate other races. If you're too busy looking down on a different group, or three, you won't be focused on who is above you. If the masses are entangled with fighting among themselves, they won't hold those in power accountable. They can't band together. They divided people by trivial things. They purposely did that in the areas they conquered, including the Norse people. There were many different tribes and would even war with each other at times. They were separate entities based on tribes rather than race. But when they started getting picked off, they didn't band together. They didn't put aside their traditions and pride. They were isolated into subjugation. It was purposeful. This is a tried and true method. Divide and conquer the survivors separately. All those dissatisfied with the past Christian deeds don't band together and hold them accountable. Have you ever seen that? They let go all the deeds of the different groups of Christians. So to wrap it up, love the lovely parts of your culture and your ancestors. It is beautiful to embrace that part of yourself. It is only a part though, not your identity. Don't limit how you define yourself to one thing. You're more complex than that. And certainly don't define yourself by something out of your control. Don't limit yourself like that. You're more than that. Race is too general of a thing to love. It's arbitrary. It's a huge group. It isn't personal. Don't deny ugly truth because it challenges you to grow. 
embrace it and better yourself. Grow. Do hard things and build your self-esteem on your own deeds like the Vikings did. Now for your related quote to ponder. It comes from Frostbrotha Saga, chapter 23. There is no excusing the man who rejects the truth once it's proven. Till next time.